0: That you are mine if you have loved one for another. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Well, oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I trust that that's a familiar chorus to all of you. For it's a chorus that comes right out of the text of the word of the Lord. A new commandment that the Father has given to us through the Son, that we love, that we love one another. I want to direct our attention this afternoon for a few minutes to the gospel of St. John, St. John's Gospel, where we will camp out around a few verses that embraces that chorus that new commandment that the Father has given to us. It's in John's Gospel, the 13th chapter, Saints of God, that we read the 31st through the 35th verse. It states that when he had gone out, when he had gone out. In a few minutes, I will give us a bit of context these verses but the 31st verse says when he had gone out Jesus said now the son of man will be glorified the new English version of the text says now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him The 32nd verse, if God is glorified in him, God will also glorify himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while and I am with you, you will seek me and just as I have said to the Jews, so now I also say to you. Where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I love you. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I loved you you also are to love one another. In the third or fifth verse, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for the other. For you that are now coming into the room, this text is worth reiterating under the sound Of my voice, I trust that your hearts and ears will attune. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man, now is the Son of Man glorified. And, uh, hallelujah, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in the Son, God will also glorify himself uh, and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. And by your love, all will know that you are my disciples if you love, if you have love one for another. These verses that we are focusing in here on in this 13th chapter of John's Gospel may have taken the disciples somewhat by surprise. What new thing is the Messiah saying to us? What new commandment is this? They were familiar, the Jews were, with new things, new word from God, new commandments, if you would. It was about 15 Hundred years prior to this present time, that Moses had come down from Mount Horeb with the Ten Commandments. So the people of God were open to God speaking and speaking new things to them. As it pertains to love, well, it was not out there somewhere, it was within their their grasp, the context of what they understood from the teachings of the Torah. It was in Leviticus, the 19th chapter, there in the Old Testament, that they were taught and they embrace the concept of loving the sojourner, loving the stranger that comes into your midst, as you would be reminded of in Leviticus 19. It was in Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, the fourth verse, and reading thereon, that we would be reminded, as these Jews were familiar with, the context of love and love for strangers, love for your neighbors. And so, as Jesus speaks this, one would imagine that it could have possibly taken them somewhat by, by surprise or strange. Or, so what is this saying that? Messiah is speaking to us at this time, and it doesn't appear to be anything strange to our ear, because uh, to love others is what uh, we have been called to do, and uh, hopefully it was what they were already seeking to practice. But I want us to see some context here today. And if you have your Bibles where you are, and I trust that you do in the pews we do have for All who would choose to sit within this edifice. But you that are home, your Bible should not be too far from your grasp. We need to be more so a people of the word. I said, you and I need to be women and men of the word of God. Uh, There's a lot of strange things going on out there. And they will become stranger. And they will not be in keeping with the unadulterated word of God. That's why you and I have to pick it up and read it. We have the blessed Holy Spirit that God has given to the church. And I trust that you would be able to come in person and celebrate with us in uh, not a week or so when we would be reminding ourselves and uh, embracing Pentecost Sunday. God has not left us comfortless God has given to us the third person of the Godhead. All three personalities of the Godhead has been and is presently engaged with redemption of the souls of man. The context here in this 13th chapter of John's gospel, and if you would familiarize yourself with it, it was Christ, as we opened up in the 13th chapter of John's gospel, It says now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that the hour was come that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto death. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, he rises up from supper and laid aside his garment and took a towel and girded himself, hallelujah, after he had poured water 13th chapter, the fifth verse, for those of you that are tracking with me, after he had poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. He knew that the hour of his departure was nigh. He knew that the way to the cross, hallelujah, And the culmination of what will transpire on the cross was drawing to a close. But I want us to see here this afternoon the context. The context of which I believe this new commandment that the Father has given to us has come. Jesus knowing all things. Jesus knowing that he will be betrayed by one whom he loved by one whom he is going to lay down his life for. Jesus, knowing all such, got up after they had eaten. Their tummies were now filled. They were satisfied and possibly in that relaxed mode that we all find ourselves in after a good meal. Jesus got up, went and got himself a basin, poured water into it, girded himself with a towel, and he began washing the feet of the disciples, including the feet of Judas Iscariot. Jesus washed the feet of his betrayer, the one whom he knew was going to betray him, the foot Washing of such a one was part of his demonstration of love. And the Bible tells us, as we had been reading this afternoon from the 31st verse, it says, And when he had gone out, I trust that you are seeing now with me in a broader context who that he was. It was Judas. When Judas, who had his feet washed just moments ago, had now departed, when Jesus told him, what you will do, go do quickly, disciples, others thought that he was going to do an errand, but Jesus knew exactly what he was up to. And so was Judas. When Judas had gone out, it was then that Jesus said, now. Now is the Son of Man glorified. Now is the Son of Man glorified and God is glorified in Him. What is going to transpire in the matter of hours, the Father will be glorified in because the Son will be glorified. Hallelujah. What was meant as Hurt and pain and death, God was already at work, working intricately through it all to bring about life and life everlasting. But I want us to note, saints of God, that it's in this context of feet washing, it's in this context of betrayal that Jesus is bringing this new commandment. Now, how new is it from the other words of God to love? I want us to note, as I stated earlier, that in Leviticus and in Deuteronomy and in other parts of the Torah, the people of God were reminded and instructed to love. But it was oftentimes, saints of God, a love that was based on legalism. It was oftentimes a love that was based upon the law. And God, through Christ, is bringing now and presenting this new commandment to love. Love that is based on a heartfelt relationship. Hallelujah. I said it's love that is based on a heartfelt relationship. Loving the enemy. Loving those that despitefully use us and seek to abuse us. You are well aware, as I am, never before in the lifetime of us, we have been experiencing as a nation such a divide. Now there've always been a divide, but it would seem as though within these last years it has grown even greater. We have been behaving like uncivilized nations have done down through the years. And I'm here to remind us that what is lacking in our nation, in our society, in our community, and yes, even in our homes, is that of love. Love. Jesus would have you and me who name the name of Christ to demonstrate such love. And there are many of us who need to be praying and asking God to shed abroad in our heart his love for our fellow men. There are too many who name the name of Christ who are carrying resentment. Resentment for loved ones. Resentment for siblings. Resentment for parents. Resentment for children. Resentment, and that resentment over the years, you may not be cognizant of this reality, but that resentment is festering, and it is is—it <laughs> is going into, into that of hatred. You may not choose to call it that, but I assure you that resentment and unresolved issues that you and I who named the name of Christ refuse to release to God and to love despite would lead into that path of degradation. God would have us as his redeemed ones. He said it's a new commandment. It's a commandment not to the heathens. It's a commandment to the women and men who name the name of Jesus Christ. And if you this afternoon, under the sound of my voice, or whenever you may be listening to this podcast, if you name the name of Jesus Christ, if you have come to faith in God through Christ Jesus, not by your works of righteousness, but you came just as you were, and you ask God for forgiveness, and accept by faith that he has forgiven you, and Christ in the person of the Holy Spirit is now residing, tabernacling in you, He now calls you to embrace the commandment of his to love, to love others. We're called to love. And I know that many are choosing the battles. And there's a lot of battles being raged today. There are a lot of battles that are dividing us as a people. And sad to say, such has come even within the courts of the church. Yes, they have the divide has come and rather than the body of christ being united in one in love we have allowed ourselves to be murmuring and bickering over things that are further dividing us no wonder the world is not seeing the church as victorious as god has called it to be no wonder the church is not advancing the kingdom of god onward Because rather than demonstrating that garment of love, we are, hallelujah, we are depicting and displaying a divide and a vitriol that has no business among the people of God. I say to us this afternoon that this new commandment that God has given to the church is a command that He's looking to you as well as me to live out to the praise of His glory. In the few verses, that we have read, the 31st to the 35th. Jesus is the gift that God has given to us. Jesus' gift to the, hallelujah, to utter obedience. His obedience to God is the gift that he is returning to the Father. The gift of obedience. And we see it here. The Father will be glorified. Because inasmuch as all things were given to Christ, and you can note that in the reading, all things was given into his hands. He had the wherewithal to call legions of angels and stop the betrayal and the the crucifixion. But he willingly went all the way to Calvary, despising the shame and the pain paying the debt that we owed that we could not pay. I'm so thankful that God, in Christ Jesus, has been the Redeemer of all who would seek redemption in God through Him. And secondly, as we've seen here, this reading gives us this new commandment. This new commandment for us to love. It's a commandment to love. God would have us to love to love one another. By this, not some, but all people, all men will know that you are my disciples because of the display of the demonstration of love for others. I want us to keep this real this afternoon as I'm about to close this message. It's not gonna be too lengthy today. But I'm trusting that it will be a nugget in your spirit that you would allow the Holy Spirit to enable you to work out to the praise of God's glory and for the advancement of the kingdom and for the healing even in your home. Even in your home. Life is too short. None of us knows what the next minute holds. None of us knows what the next hour holds. More or less what tomorrow holds. We have just today. And God would have you, my sisters and brothers, He would have you and I to embrace this new command. He would have you and I to demonstrate love, such as Jesus did before his disciples with Judas, washing the feet of the betrayal. Now you know how some of us behave when we learnt that someone had said such and such things about us. Whether it's true or not, you know how we can get an attitude. We can uh, put them out there. You know how we behave when we feel as though we've been dissed or sidelined or marginalized. It is a list of things that the enemy has in his toolkit that he has allowed you and I, if we're not prayerfully careful, to delve into and to pull out. And because we have delved into such and pulled out, there's such rift in the body of Christ. There's such rift in the families, the nuclear family. There's such a rift. And God would have that. I said God would have that to be healed. God would have that to be resolved. My brothers and sisters, there's no greater love than that which has been demonstrated through Christ, that he laid down his life for your sin and mine. I don't need to know about your sin. I just know that my failures, my sins, and what love the Father has bestowed, that he embraces me. And I pray that we need to have our eyes open, that we can behold the depravity of our own heart, And in seeing the depravity of your own heart, I believe it will cause us, yes, not only to love God with everything, but also to be sympathetic towards our brothers and sisters, knowing that our, hallelujah, that our sins in many instances may trump the frivolous things that we can hold against others. A new commandment I give to you that you love that you love one another. How is it with you? What hurt are you still carrying because of what someone had done or said? What, What hurt are you carrying? What resentment? What is decaying in your spirit because you've been carrying that for so long? It lies within you to do right. I said it lies within you. They may reject you still, but you need to have that olive branch that you are bringing forth. You need not to go with that old way of (laughs) compromise. If there's anything that I have done, I am here to ask you. No, 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 no. We need to identify, I have hurt you. I have sinned against God and against you. Whether it be in my words or in my thoughts or in my act, I'm asking your forgiveness. And it's up to them whether they choose to forgive us or not. But we do right before God and we do right before them. Just as God has forgiven us, we also are open to forgiving others. I said we are also open to forgiving others. And I assure you that as we forgive others, God will put it in the hearts of those who have carried resentment and animosity and even hatred towards us. God will heal their hearts and make things new. We need to pray for our enemies, the scripture says, and pray for those that are despitefully seeking to use us. I'm saying to us in closing this afternoon, saints of God, that the kingdom of God needs to reflect who Christ is through our love. It is by our love that all will know that we are his because we have love one towards another. This preceded what Jesus was going to further have displayed within this gospel in the 15th chapter of St. John's Gospel. And allow me to read those words in your hearing as we conclude here this afternoon. There are familiar words, uh, as we find in the 15th chapter of John's gospel. Here it is again. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, Now, just that statement alone ought to cause all the redeemed ones to hush. Ain't no but. Jesus is saying, as I love you, I want you to love others. Do you know the magnitude to which the Father has loved you? Do you see the depravity of your own heart and the repetitive sins that you and I have engaged in and Father loves us and forgives us? He's saying, as I have forgiven you, I want you now to, I want you to go love. It's my commandment to you. It's it's not tossed up for debate. If you're part of the family of God, it's what's required of us that you love one another as I have loved you. Not how Pam or George or Pablo. But Jesus says as I have loved you. Don't pattern it. Well, you don't know you 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 don't know what she said. You don't know what he did. Jesus is the plumb line. He's our standard. He's the one whom we ought to seek to emulate, to imitate. He says, as I have loved you, I want you to love others. Look at the 13th verse of this 15th chapter. He says, there's no greater love has no one than this, that one would lay down his life for his friends. There's nobody can love you greater than I have, Christ is saying. That I've laid down my life for you, my friends. And the 14th verse says, he says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants. Have you seen it there? No longer do I call you servants. For the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard of my Father, I have made known to you. All. All that I have known of my Father, I have made known to you. The closing two verses. You did not choose me, but I choose you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus says, I have chosen you, and I have appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. That's worth noting again, brothers and sisters. You are chosen of God. So all the other things should just fade away in insignificance. That God choose me. That he choose you. He he knows everything about you. Even that thing that you can't seem to get over that you have said or did or, or thought. He knew that you would even before you did. He knew you and me before the foundation of the world. And yet he loves us and calls us to himself. He choose us amidst all the folly and the degradation and the sin. He chose you despite where you have been and what you have done. And how often you may have repeated that. Our nation sadly is dividing itself over the right to life. And I'm here this afternoon to say all of you who may have gone the way of taking life into your hands. Father is aware of it. And Father loves you. And, and he doesn't call you and I to compromise because uh, we may have failed here or there. He calls us to repentance. What manner of love is that? You don't have to carry your guilt in the stain of your shame. You can repent. As all of us are called to repent. To repent. Because the Father who knows of all of your failures and mine is saying, I, I chose you. I chose you. And not only did I choose you just to have you as a part. No, I also appointed you. Oh, glory to God. You were chosen and appointed. Not a second thought, but an intentional act of God to choose you and appoint you that you should go and be a fruit bearer for the kingdom of God. And if you see your own heart, we can say, but well, how can I that my hands are soiled and my heart has been stained? But what can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And what can make us whole again. There is nothing but a blood of Jesus. And oh, precious is that flow that makes me whiter than snow. There's no other found, I know. There's nothing but the blood of Jesus. That ought to be your prayer. We, We have become too much of a pampered people. For me, that is about my testimony. It's my song. Not to entertain another, but to testify that the blood of Jesus has cleansed me. Not because I am better than you. Because that same blood is available to you. God chose you. Appointed you. That you, like me, together, we will bring value. We will, we will add to the kingdom that we will bear fruit. I said that we will bear fruit. And, and that our fruit shall abide. Abiding fruit. Hallelujah. So that, and listen, when you and I are engaged in doing what Father would have us to do for the advancement of the kingdom of God, I said for the advancement of the kingdom of God, so stop, and you need to examine your heart. Are you seeking to advance the kingdom of God? God says, if you're about doing that, if you're about forgiving and loving and advancing the kingdom, he says, and whatever you ask of the Father, Whatever you ask of the Father, he says, he may give it to you. These things I commend you so that you will, W-I-L-L, that you and I will love one another. I want us to note that both in the 15th and the 13th verse, there's a word that I think this word pointing out. He says here in the 14th verse, he says, you are my friends. Don't you love that word? Look at the 13th verse of this 15th chapter. Having reminded us that there's no greater love than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends, Jesus then says, you, yes, you, others may diss you, others may be talking you down, others may carry a heart of resentment and hatred towards you, but you, you, you just release that to God and celebrate the fact that the one who matters the most, God himself, he says, you are my friend. I called you friend. I want you also to note what he stated in the opening chapter that I started with this afternoon, and that is in the 13th chapter, and look at the 33rd verse. In the 33rd verse of the 13th chapter, he says, little, do you see it there? Little children, Mm. what endearing words that Father looks upon us and sees us not as the old habitual failures that we have displayed ourselves to be. But he sees us and calls us little children. He says, he inserted right there in the 13th chapter and the 33rd verse. He says, little children, yet a little while and I am with you. You will seek me. But I'm saying to you, as I already stated to the others, that where I'm going, you cannot come. Little children. As we go into the furtherance of this afternoon, into the furtherance of this summer, God tarrying in grace, granting life, would to God that it will be your prayer and your demonstrative act of loving, of loving even the unlovable, of going above and beyond, seeking to advance the kingdom of God, seeking to make it known that others can detect in you and me that we are his disciples because of our love, because of the love that we demonstrate. It's easy to love and everything is hunky-dory, isn't that right? It's a whole different matter when you and I would choose, like Jesus, make it intentional that we will display and demonstrate love Even to those who have hurt us by what they have said, by what they have done, by what they have refused to do for us. Release it. Man of God, let it go. Woman of God, let it go. Rebellion is going to lead to witchcraft. God is calling you today. Here we are in this fifth month. To release that resentment, release that anger, release the animosity. Yes, you have been hurt. Yes, you have been sinned against. And I can't ask you to do what I may or have done. But the one who is able to do such has done so. And that's Jesus, our Savior and Lord. We have just celebrated a few weeks ago as we reflected on Calvary and the work that was accomplished there for our redemption he who loves us he who has and is preparing a place for us for all eternity is commanding us as his children to love even the unlovable love you calling you to lay aside every weight there's a lot of weights resentment is a weight anger is a weight Lay it aside and let us together run this race to which God has called us, putting away and aside the excuses. There have been a lot of excuses. Let us put them aside and let us keep it real with God and keep it real with ourselves so that we can be real with others. Well, the Lord bless you and keep you as you go into the furtherance of this afternoon. May the Lord make his face to shine in you, being gracious unto you. It's the Lord our God who, who lifts his countenance upon you, and he grants you his peace. The peace of God, the shalom of God, goes before you. Rule, rest, and abide with you and your loved ones, both now and always. And you and I, the redeem of the Lord, despite what has been done, what has been said, what we feel what we think we can indeed declare that we are blessed of the lord it is he who has blessed us with health and strength to come into this room and it is he who's blessing us as we go love you god bless you hallelujah Mm -hmm.